0: Today's podcast is sponsored by the Christ for Disciples podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Steinberg, son of a Ken and father of five sons. Each weekday on the Christ for Disciples podcast, I apply God's word to raising the next generation. Take 10 minutes each weekday to listen to the Christ for Disciples podcast and get direction and gospel power to disciple the youngest generation. Subscribe to the Christ for Disciples podcast by going to ChristForDisciples.com or searching on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and whatever else. ChristForDisciples.com You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. This is the place where young men come to learn what it means to be a man after God's own heart. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead, and our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to be the men that God created them to be. So roll up your sleeves, gentlemen, and gird up. It's time to get to work. Welcome to the Great Up Podcast. My name is Charlie Ingemach and this is the place where young men come to learn what it means to be men after God's own heart. Before we get started today, a shout out to Abby Mel- Melzova. Melzeva. Um, she bought us a cup of coffee, so thank you Abby. Um, well, we're going to call it a uh, Dr. Pepper Zero instead. Uh, but if you want to help support the Gird Podcast and you don't have a lot of money to spend and you don't really want any gear, you can go on the website and donate a $5 cup of coffee. Just give us $5. It'll help cover uh, the expenses that go into putting this show together. If five people every month donate $5, then that covers the cost of putting all of this up on Spotify and iTunes. If we can get 20 people to donate $5 a month, it covers all of the expenses involved with licenses and, you know, like uh, media that we can use and all that kind of stuff um, because we don't want to get in trouble for copyright issues. Um, and if we can get 30 people, 285 dollars every month. It'll cover almost all of our monthly expenses for this. Um, and if we can get more than that, then we can start upgrading some of our equipment and we'll be able to put out higher quality uh, audio and video to you, although we are already able to do pretty high quality audio and video. Uh, the shirt I'm wearing is made by Lion of Judah Clothing Company. I'll put a link down below. Shout out to them for making great gear that's very stylish, fun to wear. You can get yours at lionofjudah.com. And finally, fellas, if you want to buy a GridUp Up t-shirt, you know where to find them. They're online at the GridUp Up store. Link is down below. So if you want to make a donation, if you want to buy a t-shirt, all those links are down below. Um, God's blessings to you all. Hope that you, the Lord moves you to support us. The other way you can support us is pray for us, man. I pray for you guys every single day, and I've talked in other videos about the three things I always pray for. I pray for my Ezra so my future wife. I pray that uh, the Lord gives me purpose and destiny, and I pray that he surrounds me with men who are absolutely on fire for Jesus. Right? Those are the three things that are most important to me. Those are the three things I pray for every day, and I pray for you guys as well. I pray that the words out of my mouth and the thoughts in my head all glorify my Heavenly Father. And bring praise to him. Sorry about the burp. (laughs) I'm going to blame Dr. Pepper Zero. All right, here we go. Today we're talking about the idea that we need to fear no man. Uh, It's something I've noticed about a lot of people, even about myself sometimes. So we get really uncomfortable around some people. Whether it's our bosses here on earth or whether it's celebrities when we get a chance to meet them. Especially if we're not expecting to meet them. It just like happens out of nowhere. Um, or even just people that intimidate us or people that we're a little bit worried of. Sometimes it's people we're kind of crushing on. you know, They intimidate us. We get nervous about interacting with them. Um, somebody that we want to emulate or somebody that's a hero to us. right? It's, sometimes it's really hard to interact with those people because we look up to them so much. We get nervous. We get all excited. Man, I think it's nonsense. I don't think we need to do that. I don't think we need to do that at all. I think um, we need to fear no man. And, and what's really happening when we get nervous, when we get afraid of, of these kinds of things is that's, that's exactly what's happening is we're fearing men. Um, maybe I did a bad job of introducing this idea, but um, I think a lot of times, you and I are too much of respecters of persons right so somebody who is powerful in business might not even be our boss might not be somebody we're accountable to might not be somebody that's in our life you just see him drive up in a fancy car fancy suit we automatically are intimidated by them Uh, maybe it's the guy at the weight room with the big muscles right he's lifting bigger weights than everybody else he doesn't really talk to anybody keeps his hoodie on he's out in the corner doing his thing right and we're a little bit intimidated by him intimidation is a little bit of fear um, maybe it's just you know the one person that we interact with fairly often who don't really know like whether it's at work or at school or whatever it might be that one person is always coming in and they always just it just feels like they there's there's just something about them that makes me nervous or intimidates me right all of that is fear and and, and in order to really understand what uh what's going on when we talk about fear and fearing no man. Um, What we're really talking about is the ability to be comfortable and genuine no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter who you're talking to. And that's a valuable thing, the idea of being comfortable and genuine no matter where you are. It's a valuable thing because A... I mean, most importantly, you're going to be able to reach people with the gospel, right? B, you're going to be able to earn the respect of the people around you a lot easier. (laughs) And C, life is going to be a lot easier when you're not afraid all the time. Um, You're going to feel more like a man. You're going to act more like a man. um, And you're going to do greater things in your life if you're not constantly intimidated by the people around you. So this is a very important concept to be able to master. I should not be afraid of the people around me. I should fear no man. Now, in order to live like this, I need to first recognize what fear is. Um, fear is related to nature, right We have a faculty that's built into us or that is in us now as human beings that protects us from dying, right? Fear is that mechanism. Fear keeps us from dying. Now before you come back and be like,, Ugh, I sometimes get afraid and I'm not in a life. okay, that's fine. But fear and pain are both built into our psyche. There are things that happen neurologically so that we protect our bodies and don't put ourselves at too much risk. It's, it's a risk mitigator is what it is. So if I put my hand on a hot stove and I don't do anything about it, eventually I'm going to end up with a wound there that's going to fester, it's going to get infected, and then I'm going to die. Right. So when I touch something hot that sears my skin, my brain says, ow, that hurts, and I let go. Right. And my body then, after that, doesn't want to experience that again. My brain does not want to experience that again because it was very unpleasant. And so now when I walk close to the stove, I'm a little bit fearful. I'm afraid to touch the stove because it's going to be hot and it's going to hurt me again. Right? Same thing uh, with driving a car, right? You're driving a car, driving a car, driving a car. You take a left-hand turn. You didn't pay very close attention and bam, you get in a fender bender. Nobody gets hurt. Everybody's okay. The car is pretty much okay. But from now on... At least for a while, while you're making left-hand turns, you're gonna be a lot more careful. Your heart's gonna start beating a little faster. You're gonna look look both ways a couple times. You gotta double, triple check before you turn. There's gonna be a little bit of fear there. That fear is there to protect you from dying. Okay, even stress and like uh, fear of of interactions with other people and things like that. Those are all designed to keep us from dying too. Um, when I'm afraid to talk to, so here here's especially as dudes. Men are very hierarchical, right? And and that's not, I'm not talking about the patriarchy world, that's a whole different thing, but men are very hierarchical just by nature, right? We're always um, putting each other in order, you know, there's always one person who's kind of dominant in the room, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, That's just the way that we are as men, we're constantly measuring each other. And so, when we have people in our life who intimidate us, right, who make us feel about two inches tall, that make us feel about that big, what's happening is... They're establishing themselves as being the top of the food chain. They're establishing themselves as being over us, right? And the reason we're afraid is A, they may pose a physical threat to us, right? So by establishing themselves as the dominant person in a the room, they're also establishing themselves physically as the dominant presence in a room, right? They're they're making it clear that they don't want to be messed with. It's the idea of, you know, it might be a little tiny gangster, but he's got all his dudes with him, so you fear him, right? Um, the second piece of that is that um, in order for men to survive, they need community. A man can't survive alone. It's not good for a man to be alone, right? Men need community, they need each other in order to survive. Now that might ne- not necessarily be physically true in our day and age. Right? There are a lot of men who don't have friends who don't have you know close buddies that they're with every single day and they do just find to be 70 or 80 years old, but they're miserable in order to be fully who you are as a man, there are social contracts involved. You need to have friends. You need to have guys you can trust. You need to have men who can be around you. And it also helps in physical threatening, physically threatening situations. If you have a bunch of men that you know will step up and help you and protect you when bad things happen. Right? So what fear is, is a, is a mitigation of risk. When I'm afraid in social interactions, what I'm afraid of what I'm fearing is the idea that I'm going to be rejected or ostracized by the group and I'm no longer going to have friends. And if some physical confrontation happens, nobody's going to have my back. And if I'm ever in need someday, they're not going to show up for me. Right? If I'm intimidated in a physical sense, that that's kind of speaks for itself. right? I'm afraid that this man is going to hurt me or kill me. Right? And pain is there to keep me from putting myself in a position where I'm going to die. The reason it hurts to get punched in the nose is that it's a protecting piece of your face. It's protecting the brain inside your skull. Right? Courage, on the other hand, is the place where you know valuing your life and not wanting to die meets the carelessness that we have as men about keeping our lives, especially as Christian men. As Christian men, we recognize that we don't need to be afraid of death. We don't need to be afraid of death because we know what happens on the other side. Okay, Since you and I know what happens on the other side, you and I get to spend eternity with our Savior in heaven. Death is a doorway to something far better than what we're doing here. Since we know that, we don't need to be afraid of death. Now, of course, we want to live long and healthy and happy lives. We want to be there for our family and for our children. We want to enjoy having grandchildren. We want to enjoy our youth um, and be able to spend our bodies for the sake of those around us. We want to fulfill all the things the Lord has prepared in advance for us to do. And all of this is good, and all of this is healthy. We don't want to die, right? and we don't want to die tomorrow. We want to live long, healthy, happy lives, but if the Lord decides to call us home, we have nothing to be afraid of, and we know that, and we recognize that, and so we're not afraid of death. And so what happens with courage is it's the meeting place of being careless about your life, like not caring whether you live or die because you know what happens either way, and you know that one day you will die anyway, where that carelessness about my life meets the value that I place on it, right? I want to live, but I don't care if I die that's where courage is you're abandoning it's an, it's not an absence of fear even it's looking the fear in the face and saying i know why you're here i know why i'm afraid because i don't want to die today but should i die i know it's going to happen and so i don't really care if i die or not and you put those two things together that's courage right and that courage isn't always going to be in life threatening situations like i said the, the it's it, it's it's facing that fear and doing what you know you ought to do anyway. Um, So in physical situations, right, it's that carelessness about death. It's actually really practical. Uh, In Scripture it says uh, that he who would save his life must lose it. Of course this is spiritual advice, and we'll talk about that in a second. But it's actually really good advice in the physical world as well. Um, Think about a sailor sailing a ship, right? If he doesn't want his ship to capsize, he needs to bring in the sail. Now, he might be caught in a storm or in strong winds, and he's going to have to risk his life and climb out there in order to bring the sail in so that his life might be saved. If he doesn't bring the sail in, he's going to die. And so in order to have any chance at living, he must risk his life in order to save it. He might die trying to trim the sail, but he also might live. He will die either way if he doesn't go out and do it. Right. another example of that would be football I love playing football I think it's it's I think every boy should play football I think most boys should play football or some sort of physical sport rugby um, soccer can be very physical too if you play it the right way every boy should play athletics um, basketball can be very uh, very physical anyway every boy should play athletics and compete because he learns these things about himself but uh, I think football is is the ultimate team sport. And I think it's a very valuable sport for young men because it teaches you how to control violence and aggression without it being sinful and wrong, right? It teaches you that you can do things with your body. You can do violent things. You have capacity for violence without ever fighting, without ever doing any of those things, right? Um, So anyway, in a a football game, the, the the way I like to say it to kids is that the would you rather be the hammer or the nail? Right? Any football player who's spent time on a football field knows they would rather be the hammer than to be the nail. The hammer, there's impact. The hammer does get damaged sometimes. The hammer, you know, not a, hammers don't last forever. But nails don't last very long at all, right? You want to be the hammer, not the nail. But in order to be the hammer, the one who hits harder, the one who's making impact, you have to say, "All right, I'm assuming some risk. This is going to hurt." At some point, I'm going to break a finger. At some point, I'm going to have some bumps and bruises. At some point, I'm probably going to get injured. I'm going to do this anyway because I have a better chance of winning the game. I have a better chance of staying healthy, and I have a better chance of making the play if I'm the one who's aggressive, right? Objects in motion tend to stay in motion. Objects at rest tend to stay at rest. If I have more momentum than he does, I'm going to win the battle. If I don't want to get hurt on the football field, the... The best thing I can do, the healthiest thing I can do on the football field is be aggressive, to forget about fear and just go balls to the walls on the football field. If I go balls to the walls on a football field, it's not likely that I'm going to get hurt. I'm probably going to be okay. As long as I've taken care of my body, I'm not pulling like a hamstring or something like that. That's a totally different issue. If I go balls to the walls on a football field, I'm not going to get hurt. It's the dude who's hesitant. It's the guy who doesn't get out there and get after it. It's the one who's absorbing all the hits because he's not being aggressive. He's the one who gets hurt. The same is true in life. The same is true in life. I have to be willing to take risks in order to get ahead. If I want to be stronger... I have to break my muscles down. If I want to have more friends, I have to become vulnerable with other men. If I want to have a good relationship with my wife, I need to be intimate with her. And that's not just physical. It's emotional, spiritual. I need to be intimate with her. I need to open myself up to risk. Now, anybody who's ever loved knows that there's risk involved. The more you love someone, the easier it is for them to hurt you. That's risky. Anybody that's ever worked out knows how much it hurts when you get started, or much it hurts, when it, how much it hurts when you overtrain, or when you hurt yourself. But in order to get stronger, you have to do those things. Right? Courage is the ability to risk your life in order to save it. That's exactly what we're talking about today. And courage actually is an act of humility. I would argue it's one of the greatest acts of humility. Right? Courage takes a recognition that I'm not actually all that valuable. That my value as an individual isn't that great. And neither is anyone else's. My value as an an individual comes solely from my identity as a child of God. My identity as an individual comes solely from my position as a child of God. Since he died for me, has redeemed me, bought me back, and made me a prince in his kingdom, now I have value. A lot of us forget that. We start to think that we're the ones that bring value to the situation. We're the ones that bring value to the lives of others. We're the ones that bring value to you know, society. That it's you and I. But it's not. It's not. There is nothing good living in me that's of my own volition. What happens to Christians is, my Savior enters me, works faith in my heart, and when my Savior is working in my heart, when I'm full of the Spirit, good works will result from it. Right? We call those the fruit of the Spirit. So if I want to be joyful, I can't be joyful on my own. If I want to be joyful, it's going to be a gift of the Spirit. I can't be gentle on my own. It'll be a gift of the Spirit. I can't be patient on my own. That is a gift of the Spirit. There are some people that look like they are those things, but it's all rooted in selfishness. I recognize how much I will gain by behaving this way. People are smart. So when you have sinners who are living in sin, who are absolutely given over to their sin, and they look like they're joyful, they look like they're gentle, they look like they're kind, they look like they're compassionate, what they're doing is measuring the situation and saying, where can I find the greatest advantage? It's not actually selflessness. What they're saying is, where can I find the greatest advantage? What can I behave like so that I can be safe? So that I can find advantage for myself. And some of you guys are going to push back and be like, no, we just want the good of those around us. Okay, yeah. But you're also saying, if I do good, good things will come back to me, right? i put good out into the world so good things happen to me. That's for my advantage. Calvinists will say, if I do good things, then I will have more faith. So in order to have faith, I have to do good things. Well, that's not true either. My Savior has done all the work for me, and he gives me his spirit, and he says, Now you will look like me because you belong to me. I created you in my image, and now I will restore you to my image. Of course, here on earth, we won't ever be perfect. We can't be, no matter how hard we try. (laughs) The Lord tells us that in so many words. But we can begin to look like him. We can begin to look like him. While our sanctification will never be complete, we can be courageous. And we have no reason to fear any man because we know exactly who they are and exactly who we are. Violent men need not fear us because they can't do, or we, not, we need not fear violent men because we know they can't do any permanent damage to us. Because even if they ruin, ruin my body, they cannot take away my soul and they cannot take away life eternal with my Heavenly Father. Social stress, social fear, man, if I'm ostracized here on the earth, I still have a friend in Jesus. Even if the whole world hates me, I have a friend in Jesus and he will never leave me. I have a father who loves me, a savior who died for me, who promised he would leave the 99 to come and find me. I have absolutely nothing to fear. So as you go about your life, I I like to think about the story of Gideon. I like to think about the story of Gideon where Gideon and his men are fighting a righteous battle where they've been living in fear for many, many years of the Philistines. They've been cowering. From the Philistines. They've been afraid of the Philistines. And when the time finally comes for them to defeat the Philistines, Gideon leads them off into battle. They win um, a great victory. The tribes of Israel come out and help. And when it's all said and done, they had to punish some cities that chose not to be a part of the battle. They abandoned their brothers. And by the law of God, they needed to be punished. And so they were going back and they were righteously punishing those men. But as they punished those men, Gideon asked them, what were the men who you, The men who you betrayed, what were they like? And even their enemies looked at them and said, Each one was a great man with the bearing of a prince. Those men were not all princes. What they were were righteous men living out their calling as men after God's own heart. They were men who had no fear because they did not value their lives enough to fear giving them up. They were willing to give up their lives in service to God and country. They were willing to give up their lives in service of those around them. They were ultimately humble. They displayed that. And the world observed that they were men with the bearing of princes, every single one of them. So in your interactions with the world, whether you're dealing with powerful people or the meek and mild, whether you're dealing with people at church or people out of the world, whether you're dealing with saints or sinners, no matter who you're dealing with, Carry yourself as a prince would, a prince in the kingdom of God, a young man who's in love with God, who knows him intimately as a father knows a son, and as a son knows a father, who trusts him to lead and guide everywhere that he goes, a man who behaves as a man after God's own heart. I love you all, gentlemen. Don't be afraid. Go be the man that God created you to be. We'll see you next time. On behalf of all those involved in producing, recording, and publishing this episode, thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. We hope it helps you along your journey to be a man after God's own heart. Be sure to check out the Gird Up channel on YouTube. There you will find many podcast episodes just like this one, but you will also find exclusive video content geared at helping you be the man that God created you to be by introducing you to other godly men, teaching you how to behave, study, dress, act, eat, and live like a man of God, and you'll find devotions to help you grow in faith. Please consider supporting Gird Up Ministries by donating on Patreon, shopping in the online store at girdupministries.com, or by making a $5 cup of coffee donation at girdupministries.com. Those donations help us make more great content just like this for young men just like you. Make sure that you like, follow, friend, and subscribe to Gird Up and our guests on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Those links are in the description. And as always, we will be praying for you on your journey. Blessings, men. Time to gird up and go be the man that God created you to be.